Welcome to Lakeland Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Lakeland, please visit our website at lakeland.church. All right, all right. Welcome, welcome. How's everyone doing? It is so good to see you all, and welcome to everyone joining us online right now. Welcome to everyone joining us in virtual reality right now. It is so good to have everyone with us who is with us, and um, I'm excited about today. Today, uh, we continue in this series, Priority Overload, but this is a really special Sunday. You've come on a wonderful Sunday, because uh, we're going to highlight some things that Lakeland has stepped into kind of over the years, and some really cool opportunities even for all of us here to take another step in our faith journey, uh, maybe to join with many Lakelanders in something that many of us have already stepped into. So I want to highlight some of those things. But uh, sometimes what, what we like to do with our staff every single week when we meet as a staff, we always start with this. Hey, where are we seeing God win? at Lakeland. We just share wins. And so I, what I want to do is I actually want to share some wins with you kind of as a church in um, kind of uh, some mission-oriented things that Lakeland has been up to. And so uh, first one, if I could just share a win with you, is in the area of VR. You hear me say it maybe throughout the service. Welcome to everyone in VR. There's folks right now in VR with us. Uh, about a year ago, Lakeland launched into VR and started hosting church services in virtual reality. Um, before Easter, we decided to take that another step and actually build our own world, which is now a space that can be open 24-7 where people can come on in and mingle and, and meet and things like that. And so I just want to show you a, a, little, a little video clip just while I talk about this. This was me um, commissioning some of the team in virtual reality uh, right before Easter. And I know that sounds a little funny to see like all these avatars. Well, obviously we're praying, so a lot of hands are just kind of like this, you know. But what's crazy is while you might look at that and be like, I don't understand this, here's what's amazing about virtual reality is that you can, I, I find that I can have more intimate conversations and faster real life conversations in this format than, um, than many others. And there's something about it where people get really real and really honest really fast in that space for whatever reason. And if I could just tell you one thing, it's this. On a weekly basis, we have people who come into our world, they come into our services, and then they walk away at the, at the end, they end up having conversation with us, and they say, this is exactly what I needed. We had a guy from LA last week who was just saying, man, I'm just so glad I found my way in here. And then they get connected throughout the week, and they're getting uh, people who are speaking into their lives on a, on a daily basis. And they're literally going, this was a lifesaver. Thank you so much for, for having this. Who would have thought that a church could be in virtual reality and it's making a huge difference in my life? So to those of you who have uh, just continued to give generously, even to things like Move, Move helps uh, fund some of these things. Uh, can we just give a shout out to everyone joining us in VR right now? And uh, any way that the uh, second kind of win I wanted to share with you is that back at our Christmas Eve services, we took a, a special offering, which we often do at our Christmas Eve services, and it was to help uh, one or portion of it was to help fund salaries for some teachers in Uganda with a, kind of a partnership that we have there um, in, in Uganda. And I just want to read to you a note that we got from Kasaja, who's uh, in Uganda, and they're actually they're often. Uh, with us online right now during this service. And so I'm, I'm 
betting there's some people from Uganda right now joining us online. But I want to read this letter from Kasaja to you all, okay? He says this, Dear fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, it's with great honor and thankful hearts I send my greetings to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad and grateful for your support toward this, the school for the advancement of God's kingdom in this community. The funds were successfully received from Lakeland, and I'm honored to share with you the great joy and happiness from our teachers after equally sharing this blessing. There's no way I can fully explain the joy that has overcome everyone. This has become a historic day for everyone, and with uh, what a great thing the Lord has done. I thank God for enabling you to handle this challenge for the monthly support of our teachers and for partnering with us for the glory of God. And so for all of you who gave at the Christmas Eve service, I just want to say thank you for your generosity from Kasaja and all those in Uganda and all those teachers. Can we just give it up for those in Uganda and for those who are, uh, for that partnership there? Super cool. Final one I just win kind of I want to share with you is that uh, we're in the middle of a two-year generosity initiative called Move, and we're, our heart is to move into a handful of different areas. One is to move a generation, and that's uh, some of those dollars are going to be going to uh, remodel kind of our, our area over here for our kids so that we have... Uh, nicer spaces that are really designed for each of our uh, ministries. And so with that, I'm just excited to let you know that this week, um, that's all going to begin. So in fact, it'll happen pretty quickly that the demo team is going to come on in here. It might start this week and maybe by next Sunday, you might walk in here and uh, a lot of that portion of the building is going to be gutted. And so just if you have kids, birth through 18, it's kind of a heads up. You should be getting an email from the ministry leader saying, here's what's going to be happening. Here's how we're going to be running ministry uh, really for the next few months as we do remodel in that portion of the building. So to all of you who have given to move, we're moving forward into that. It's really exciting. So let's give it up for, for all that. I'm pumped about it. And so, yeah, you can see some of these. This is some of the spaces and what it's going to look like as that all gets done. So excited about that. All right. Today, uh, we continue in this series, Priority Overload, and we're going to be talking about finances. And sometimes when we talk about finances, people are like, oh, no, I came on that Sunday. <laughs> Here's, let me just tell you this. Here's one reason why I'm never afraid to talk about money, and I think it's actually really important that we do. If I were to ask you, hey, who wants to grow in your faith journey with Jesus? Almost everyone would say, I do. Okay. So then we got to talk about money. You, you have to. I, I, I believe there's five main things that will always grow your faith. God's word, time in God's word, time in prayer, worshiping with your church, getting into a group, and trusting God with your finances. And I believe you cannot grow if you divorce any one of those from the equation. You, you will be stunted. And I, and I get it. People all the time are like, sure, talk to me about reading my Bible. Teach me how to do that. Talk to me about prayer. I love coming in worship setting. But don't make me get into a group because I've been burned by that in the past. And don't try to force me into that. Don't talk to me about money. That's my own business. That's no, not yours. And I would say you cannot, you cannot grow as you want to grow. And I know you want to grow if you divorce any of these things from the equation. You have to deal with it. And you have to, and actually, it's, it's not even something that's like, hey, you have to deal with it. It is the greatest joy in your life to dive into this. You are robbing yourself if you don't dive into this. It's the sweetest thing. I'm, I'm just, I, I, I get worked up about it because it's just the greatest gift that the Lord actually gives to us 
to journey with him in it. So, so don't miss it. How, okay, so when it comes, though, to finances, here's the deal. Here's what often happens. All right, it's spring's happening right now, right? Spring, summer's on the horizon. It, it'll show up, right? Eventually, please here, it'll eventually show up. And maybe you're like me where you, where you do this. I, I went outside last week and I started like uh, just raking and picking up sticks because what happens is like you kind of make it through the winter and now your yards are destroyed. If you have a yard, you, you get this. Like your yard is like you, you go on out there and you're like, now I got to deal with all of this. Everything I've just kind of closed my eyes to for the last five, six months, right? Now I got to go deal with it. So we'll walk outside and I start like picking up sticks and then I'm like, oh, there's, there's leaves all behind these bushes. I start raking them on out. I start creating like piles all over my yard. As I'm creating all these piles, I stand back and I look and I'm like, you know what I really need? <laughs> you know what I need? I need like a trailer that I could throw all of these branches and leaves in so I could drive it on down to the, to the mulch pile in, in my town, you know, and that type of thing and get rid of it. Like, I, I, I think I need that. So then I'm like, well, if I get that, then I really need a place to put this thing. And my wife, she'll no way want it on the side of the house, so it's got to go behind the house. My problem is my backyard's all fenced in, and I don't have a, a fence door that's wide enough, you know, to fit a, a trailer. So, uh, so how am I going to... I'm going to have to call a company to widen and create like a, a gate that's wider. And then my problem is I've got a little ditch into the backyard, so I probably need to build like a road and, you know, like a culvert and that type of thing. And then once I do that, well, then I'll probably need to like block it in and put some bushes. So I should probably think about landscaping and what that would look like in the back to kind of cover up some of my stuff that I'm hiding in the back. And here's the deal. It started with a pile of sticks, and I'm doing road construction in about 10 minutes, Right? <laughs> Does this happen to anyone else where it's like, it's totally if you give the mouse a cookie type thing. It's like if you give the mouse a cookie, he'll want a glass of milk. And if you ask a glass of milk, he's going to want this. It's that whole trail of things that you find yourself like going down like, oh, I should spend on this and then I'm going to need that and I'm going to need that. And then it's like this whole like, whoa, what's the priority? I started with sticks, right? And, and so in this priority overload, there's so many things that we could give our finances to or, or, or spend our money on. And what's the priority in all this? And yet when we look at all of the things I even highlight as far as wins, there's one common element with all of that, and that is they do require dollars. They require dollars. And so we want to prioritize things that actually make a kingdom difference. We want to prioritize things that actually grow our faith. And so how in the world, what are some biblical principles that we can follow to kind of simplify our finances when it seems like it can just get, become so overwhelming? overloaded so quickly and you're doing road construction in your backyard before you know it. And so what I want to do is I want to kind of ask that question, what will help us kind of keep our financial priorities straight? Since this is, that's the question with this whole series is priority overload. How do we keep it prioritized correctly? And so I'm going to just be incredibly simplistic today, okay? I'm just going to be really honest. I'm going to be real simple with you. And I'm just going to hit some things. I'm going to do it pretty quick because we've got some special things at uh, kind of near the end of the service here. So let me just dive right in. Are you ready to just dive right in? Okay, buckle up. Here we go. First thing that I would tell you to do, is it's this, tithe. I know I'm going right for the jugular. Tithe. Tithe means uh, tenth. That's what it means. Biblically, it means tenth. And then here's how I always say, start, give your first, give your best, give a percentage. Okay? Give your first, give your best, give a percentage. Um, 
you would say, where do you see the tithe? Well, we see it both in the Old Testament. We see it affirmed in the New Testament. Malachi is one of these kind of well-known passages that people often go to where God is basically saying to the nation of Israel, guys, I, I want you to tithe. I want you to trust me with your uh, resources. And he asked this question, will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? You ask, how, how are we robbing you, God, in tithes and offerings? You're under a curse, you and the whole nation, because you're robbing me. Uh, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. It's one of the few places in Scripture where God says, I, I dare you. He does. He's like, test me. Go for it. Go for it. Test me. See what happens in your own life as you, as you trust me with your resources. Um, see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room enough uh, to store it. So it's this blessing, but then it's also a protection. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and the vines of your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. So there's this blessing that he provides for us to meet our needs. And then there's a protection of every place where the enemy wants to rob, steal, and destroy from you. That sounds good, right? And, and so he says, so this is an area that we need to learn to trust him with. In regards to giving to the Lord, here's why I say bring your first, bring your best. We see the best element all throughout Old Testament giving, but bring a percentage. First Corinthians chapter 16, the Apostle Paul, he's writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this. He says, on the first day of every week, so this is your first, your best, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. What's that? It's percentage giving. So that when I come for the collections, uh, no collection will have to be made. Jesus also affirms the tithe in Matthew 23, 23. You can check that out on your own this week. But if I can just like, just from a personal perspective, just be real honest with you. Lisa and I have tithed uh, since we got married. I'm I, I just blessed to have had parents who modeled tithing for me. They encouraged me to tithe as I was a high schooler when I started making money. It's always been a part of my life. But as a result of it, Lisa and I have countless stories that really, if I, if I just were to sit down and say, hey, let's talk. Let me just tell you God's provision stories in my life. Man, we would be here for a couple hours just telling you stories of all the ways that God has miraculously provided throughout our our 20 some 24 years of, of marriage. And so it's just, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. Let me say it again. You cannot outgive God. Now, while this is true, you cannot outgive God, you can outspend yourself. All right, so let me say it again. You can't outgive God, but you can outspend yourself. Okay, so let me just take us now to the, like a second point, okay? Second thing to keep in mind, once again, to deal with the priority of finances is this, create a budget and stick to a budget. I know that sounds incredibly almost like worldly wisdom, and yet it's biblical wisdom, because here's what Proverbs chapter 13, uh, verse, verse uh, or 16, verse 13 says, a wise man thinks ahead. What's that? That's planning, Right? A fool doesn't even brags about it. The wise store up choice food in olive oil, but the fool, fool gulps theirs down, a.k.a. he didn't plan how he was going to consume his resources, so he just went for it and consumed it all super quickly as opposed to planning ahead and storing it up and having a plan for how they were going to utilize the resources. See, this idea of like just sticking to a budget, it's, it's actually not just worldly wisdom, it's godly wisdom, it's biblical wisdom. I tell the story uh, often of a couple from my 
Whenever I talk about money or about building a budget, uh, a couple from my last church, this is probably 15 years ago, they didn't attend our church, but they came to our church because they were like, hey, we, uh, they heard we had a benevolence fund, and they're like, we desperately need about $300 a month to be able to pay our bills, okay? That's what we're short. It seems like we're short that every single month. We need just, it's just $300. Now, what we would do uh, with our um, when, when giving out money is we would always say, okay, let's sit down. Let's first look at your finances and look at your spending. So our team sat them down. We sat the guy and the gal down separately and we said, all right, how are you spending? Basically just give us a, be real. How are you spending? And we just kind of looked at their budget. At the end of how they were spending, we just really giggled. We chuckled because it was so funny. Uh, they had some bad habits and one of their bad habits was every day on their way home from work, each of them would swing by the gas station and they would each buy like a pack of beer, some cigarettes, and a bunch of scratch game lotto tickets. And so we added all that. They did every single day and here's what's crazy is that neither of them knew the other person was doing it. I know, you're like, how does that happen? They just didn't, they just didn't know it. And so at the end of the month, we looked at it, they were spending $900 a month <laughs> at, their, at their daily you know, stop at the gas station. And so, yes, they had some bad habits that needed to be broken, some addiction issues that needed to be worked through. But at the end, we said, hey, we found you $300. Actually, we found you $900. <laughs> and... Guess what? We actually helped them get free from some of their addictions. We actually helped them build a budget, and they're rolling in it now. <laughs> no, but they, they were able to just realize, okay, we can actually build a budget and live by budget. Um, and so what we often will say is, I, I say it this way, assign every dollar a name. If you've never done this before, it's like take the dollar and say, okay, this dollar or this set of dollars is called gas bill. This one's called rent or mortgage. This one's called food. This one's called clothing. We assign every dollar. We name every dollar, and then we're very purposeful. At least do that for a month. If you've struggled with your finances, start with that. You're going to discover, oh, man, I didn't realize a lot of dollars were unassigned names, and I was just spending them. I didn't realize how I was spending them. And so uh, build a budget, stick to a budget. All right, third thing that I would tell you to do is this. Once again, about priority overload and, and prioritizing things that are most important is this. Say no to most things for a month. Say no to most things for a month. I say most things because there are some things I get you have to just move on it when the opportunity comes. If you're trying to buy a house and a house comes on the market, you probably can't sit for a month in this market. You can't. You just have to move on it. But there, to most things, you can probably say no to it for a month. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse uh, 10 says this. Next slide. It says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. A AKA, if your heart is consumed with that thing that you got to have right now, guess what? You will never be satisfied. If you think this thing's going to bring me satisfaction, it, it just won't, if, if that's what you're looking for. So say no to it temporarily. Lisa and I have been doing this as a practice in our lives for, for years, where we basically just go, whatever it is where we're like, I think we really need it. We just say, okay, let's come back to it in a month. If in one month we, discover, we think we still need it in a month, then we'll go and get it. But... What often happens is that one month goes by and you're like, oh, I guess I didn't really need it. See, I don't know if, you, if you're a parent, you get this. Uh, my, my kids come to me, my younger ones specifically, the, like my, my seven-year-old, my eight-year-old, they'll come to me and they'll say, Daddy, 
I want, and they name whatever their latest toy is. And they're like, I want it for my birthday. Can I have it for my birthday? And they're talking about it, talking about it. They're like, can I have it for my birthday? Like, you can have it for your birthday. Her birthday is six months away, you know? I'm like, you bet. I take a picture of it, and I forget about it. And I do that because I know they're going to forget about it. Because in one week, they're going to come to me and they're going to say, Daddy, Daddy, I want this thing for my birthday. I'm like, no kidding. <laughs> and it's something different. And, and, and then every week, it changes what they want. And so it's why I just go, okay, you, just, you bet you can have that in six months because you're going to forget about it in one. And the problem with us is we are just big kids, aren't we? The problem is the toys are more expensive and everything's a little bit more complex, but we now don't have a parent saying, just wait till your birthday. If I could just tell some of you, wait till your stinking birthday, I spit because I'm so excited about this. <laughs> wait till your birthday and you probably discover you didn't even really need the thing or really want the thing in the end. Okay? So just say no to it for a month. You'll probably discover that you will do a lot less kind of splurge spending. And you'll prioritize what's most important by just saying no to most things for the month. Final thing that I would just highlight is this. Practice generosity. Practice generosity. Do for the one what you wish you could do for the many. Do for the one what you wish you could do for the many. I say that. Do for the one that which you wish you could do for the many because... The reality is you and I can't solve world hunger. You and I can't solve the poverty issues of the world. We can't solve the dirty, you know, bringing clean water to the world. We can't solve homelessness in the world. But you probably can make an impact on one when that one opportunity comes in front of you. And so do for the one that which you wish you could do for the many. Proverbs chapter three, verse 27, here's a handful of verses. It says this, do not withhold good from those to whom it's due when it's in your power to act. A generous person will prosper. Whoever uh, refreshes others will be refreshed. Those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who uh, close their eyes to them receive many curses. Today what I wanna do um, is I wanna highlight something that many of us have actually stepped into with generous hearts. And it's our partnership with Compassion International uh, that's down in Honduras. Back in 2018, during our Christmas Eve services, I brought a project before the congregation in which I wanted to, we wanted to help fund the building of a church down in Honduras. And it would be a Compassion uh, Church partnership. And that Christmas Eve, we funded the entire building of the church. And during 2019, they built that church. And then what's really cool is that with a Compassion Partner Church, what we did is that in 2020, get this, one month before COVID hit, we sponsored 375 kids right down there in the region that our church was going to help uh, a lot of the kids who are being served at the church and some right there around our church um, through Compassion. And what is really cool is what Compassion does is it helps meet the the financial needs of a child, feeding the child, health needs, uh, educational needs, and most importantly, the spiritual needs to come alongside a child. And what's amazing is when you come alongside the child, you're not just reaching a child, you actually are reaching families. 
because that parent now has a church that they're connected to, a pastor that they're connected to, where they're bringing their child on a daily basis to the church, where they're getting served and they're being helped. And, um, and it's just really exciting, exciting to see how a, a community like right here in Walworth County and uh, now even beyond is partnering in such a way with a community right there in Honduras and helping a community escape poverty helping a community actually find hope and healing in, in Christ. Um, we actually have a highlight video I want to just um, share with you. This is from Pastor Dennis. He's the pastor of the church that we helped fund the building of. And so just to give you a little glimpse of that place and what God's up to there, go ahead and roll this video. Lakeland Community, le saluda el pastor Dennis de la Iglesia Evangélica de Santidad, acá en Lejamaní. Es un gusto saludarles, agradecidos con el Señor eh, por la bendición, la oportunidad que nos da de poder servirle a través de la Iglesia, a través de los niños, a través de este proyecto. Estamos muy agradecidos porque hasta el día de hoy Dios ha sido bueno con nosotros, nos ha respaldado, nos ha ayudado y estamos avanzando y creciendo. Eh, sabemos que hay muchas familias que son bendecidas a través de ustedes. Familias que han conocido a Cristo, familias que se están consolidando con el Señor y que están creciendo. Este es nuestro templo, nuestra iglesia. Y aquí, gracias a Dios, pues podemos compartir la palabra. Son muchas las familias. Nos estamos reuniendo en la iglesia todos los sábados. ¿verdad? a las 4 de la tarde donde llevamos el mensaje a las familias y, y están viniendo alrededor de 60, 70 personas ¿verdad? incluyendo algunos niños que pueden ser unos 30, 40 niños a los que también se les comparte un discipulado ellos también están recibiendo la palabra fíjense que durante este año que hemos estado también se logró entregar a todos los niños Biblias, ellos ya cuentan con su primer Biblia, ese es un gran logro porque ellos ya pueden conocer la palabra, ellos ya pueden porque hay muchos niños que ya leen y entonces ellos pueden leer la Biblia. De poder, para poder construir el muro y ahora tenemos mayor, tendríamos, tendremos mayor seguridad para los niños, ¿verdad? En aquella otra parte de arriba, pues eh, pretendemos eh, eliminar todo eso que está allí para lograr hacer un área recreativa para los niños. Luego, en esta otra zona de acá, tenemos como retos lograr construir un, un comedor, ¿verdad? Para que los niños vengan, puedan eh, eh, consumir sus alimentos más higiénicamente y que puedan ellos pasar un rato muy ameno. Así que ha sido un gusto, ¿verdad? Eh, compartir con ustedes. Seguiremos orando por sus vidas para que el Señor les continúe bendiciendo. Es para nosotros una bendición contar con su apoyo, con sus oraciones, con su, su aporte económico. Que el Señor les bendiga. Mucho gusto. One of the things I, that I love most about compassion is you're not just... Um, you're not just sending money to some place where 
you know, all right, maybe a child's uh, needs are being met. Every need is met through a local church, and that's the greatest part. So Pastor Dennis actually is the one who sees the kids that we sponsor multiple times a week. And he, he's the one who meets with the families and he meets with the parents and he prays with them and they deliver the food and, and all that. And so, and, and when, you have, when your child has a birthday present, he's the one who goes and he delivers a special gift to your child uh, from you. So that's what I love is that it's very practical that we have uh, this relationship with someone that we know that's actually serving the families that we are partnering with down, down there. And you might just be wondering, does it really work? Does it really kind of create a trajectory that saves children out of poverty? And, um, and it does. In fact, we've got a, a Compassion alum with us today. And I've invited him here just to share a little bit of his story. So would you just invite or welcome with me, uh, Jonathan Almonte. <laughs> Jonathan, Thank welcome. you, Pastor. Go ahead. Share with us. God bless you, Legland. It's a joy to be with you this morning. I always say that I was born with all the possibilities not to be with you this morning because uh, my family background, my family comes from a witchcraft background. In, in that context, my mother was abused, thrown away from family, end up homeless, working in a restaurant and sleeping in a table in the resting time for 24 hours. Um, in that reality, she met my father, uh, got pregnant, uh, but she was, of course, facing poverty, now homeless, pregnant. I was born in that context of reality. No prenatal care, a lot of teeth issues uh, because of the lack of calcium. And while growing up, uh, working on the streets, selling juice with her, and also uh, being a diver. Uh, students ask me if I have seen sharks in the Caribbean because I'm from the Dominican Republic. Thanks God, I haven't seen one. I hope not to see one in the water. <laughs> no while swimming. But I was a dumpster diver looking for plastic to recycle to uh, find some money and get some food to eat. Um, I didn't have a uniform to go to school. And... In the midst of all this process, facing hunger, spending two days without eating anything, my sugar level will come up and down, and I wouldn't realize that was because I didn't have food. I do remember my mother heard about this local church serving children in the community. So she went there. We were in a waiting list. Suddenly, we were told that I could get into this uh, church program. Uh, back, I didn't know it was Compassion, but, but the local church... And so suddenly I'm in, attending this church three times a week. After school, I had to ask someone to lend me his uniform to go to school because I didn't have one. And so they provide me with a school uniform, uh, school supplies, food, and all of this. And, uh, and then someone started to send letters. I actually keep 14 years of letter writing with my sponsor right here. Uh, very interestingly, my sponsor, Jamie, was 26 years old when she sponsored me. She's from Michigan, just on the other side and, uh, of the lake. And uh, at the age of 14, I got baptized at 12. I never realized that my father hid me from his family. He has four daughters, a wife, and they didn't know about me. So I'm, well, I was considered a bastard. And so 
I met his family a year past. We met and he was angry and he said, why you met my family without my permission? You have to understand you're a mistake in my life. And being served by the local church, overcoming those uh, issues with poverty and now following Christ, both myself and my mom, Jamie sent this letter. Uh, this is maybe the most important letter in my life that I would like to share with you this morning. Greeting Jonathan from Michigan. We received our first dosing of snow today on Thanksgiving. Today is a great day to reflect on all the things that I am thankful for. And you are one of those that I am greatly thankful for. It didn't make sense what Thanksgiving was, even though I, I love turkey now. <laughs> but... Uh, whatever that place called Michigan is, cold or not cold, <laughs> there is someone thinking that I am not a mistake. Uh, Jamie will send letters to say, I'm, I'm, I'm just writing to send you a little note to let you know that I am thinking about you. My father never called me to say he was thinking about me or my father never called me for a birthday. But Jamie from Michigan did it all the time. And through this letter, uh, I was faced with this idea that it is because of Jesus' birth, that she say, that we can have hope and assurance of eternal life after death. I was guided through this letter with one of the compassion tutors in the church to the idea of Ephesians 2, 5, that I was far away from God, but he brought me near because of the blood of Jesus. Therefore, who I was not to forgive my father if I, if I was forgiven from my sins. And so with leading with pride, crying, I called my father and said, Dad, I'm sorry to be a mistake in your life, but you have to admit that I am the best mistake you have ever made. <laughs> and it was a, you know, crying moment for both of us to face this brokenness that we were going through but on the other way, how God restored my life, my, my family life, my mother. And even though we were struggling with poverty, God opened many doors. Uh, it was through compassion that I was given the chance to go to university. Uh, God gave me the chance to, to get a bachelor's degree in linguistics and also another degree in public policies. And God started to open doors, and I ended up working for Compassion International in the Dominican Republic. I just came yesterday from the DR, and I served there back with Compassion. I oversee all the letter-writing process between a sponsor and children, uh, and it is a joy to see that God is using my life now to serve others who are in need just in the same way as I was. One of my greatest joy is not only to be with you today speaking or, or serving children in poverty back home. But the fact that my mother, while I was attending the Compassion Center, went to university and became a professor. Uh, she, she's a professor now. God restored our life. Both of my grandparents who were witchcraft priests die as followers of Christ. And God gave me the chance to meet Jamie. There is a picture that I would like you to see that I'm with Jamie. She's a 46 years old uh, mother, and she told me, I never imagined that a mother, uh, a, a simple mom, that's what she said, a simple mom will make such an impact in someone's life. This is, this is the, 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 the key thing. Sponsoring a child, it's, it's in my opinion an opportunity to disciple a, charge, a, a child overseas who is in need. It's an opportunity as well to enable this local church, just like 
you're doing in Honduras to serve children in need. Because by sponsoring that child, those churches serve up to 300 children. And it is the church, as, as Pastor Josh was mentioning, serving those children in daily basis. Not only providing food, but what I was given, which in my opinion was the best thing that I received, which was the gospel. The biggest need that I had besides the emotional need and the, and the uh, material need that I had was Christ. That's, that's the biggest need that I had. Uh, and I'm happy that I'm, I'll be in heaven with Christ when I die. Uh, my spiritual poverty has been released because Jamie from Michigan decided to sponsor me. That's not a simple thing. Uh, she's not a simple mom, but a woman of God uh, following God's call for the needies. And um, another thing that God gave me the chance was to get married. I always say that I have one wife. Very excited about that. Uh, making my wife happy is hard, just so you know. And so I'm happy just one wife. And um, so uh, having now the joy to be a husband, to be faithful to, to one wife, uh, just the same way my mother, uh, not in the same way, but my mother didn't have that. I didn't have a father figure at home. And God also blessed me with, uh, with two children. Uh, the, there's JD, uh, he's four years old. And then there's a new baby. I think he, there is a picture of both of them uh, who is 21 days born. I actually... <laughs> I actually came because this is important to me. Uh, the way Jamie changed my life is the same way I believe God is offering you the opportunity this morning to do the same for a child in need. This is Spider-Man with me. Uh, you can tell that's JD and, and the little boy, uh, Jonathan Edwards, who was born April 8th. And that's the greatest joy. They will, they will never listen that they are a mistake. But they will receive love. And that's, that's my prayer for you, that my testimony can encourage you to write more letters if you're already a sponsor a child. Be intentional in writing those letters, uh, thinking that 30% of the New Testaments are letters, and we still read it today. It's an opportunity to disciple children in need. But on the other hand, the opportunity to serve the local church in need overseas, and in this case, Honduras. It is a joy to be with you this morning. God bless you. Pastor. It's so uh, sweet to just be able to meet someone where you're like, look, life change. And uh, it sounds so silly when you put it in, in perspective of like $38 a month, you know, like that's what it costs to sponsor a child to send them on a trajectory out of poverty and into also uh, a setting where they can experience the gospel and then experience the holistic transformation that the gospel can make upon their life and their family's life. And um, so I, I don't want to um, beat this too hard because I know there's hundreds of our families who have already stepped into this. And so if you've already stepped into um, sponsoring a child like Lisa and I, we've got Carlos. Carlos just turned 17 this last uh, month and um, and we enjoy just getting to write him and uh, hear updates on how he's becoming a mechanic and how God is is you know working in his life 
Um, if you already sponsor a kid, that's awesome. But if you weren't around or last time we did this, I really just want to present the opportunity to you that you can. Um, and it's as simple as this. We've got these forms. They're here on site. We also have them online. So for everyone who's in VR or online, we've got a way for you to follow up. Uh, but for those of you in person, you can go right outside these doors here as well as doors over there. And there will be packets everywhere, okay? And all these packets, if it has a little blue sticker on it that says church partner, that is a child that literally is being uh, cared for out of um, our, our sister church plant there. So I think there's 120 of them with the little blue sticker on them that we can sponsor this morning. And then there's additional kids that are just right there in the region. If you're online, our chat host will actually drop a link in the chat or you can go directly to our homepage. We've got a link there, and all the children that are sponsored there are right there in the, in the region. Okay, so they're right there around our, our, our sister church. All you have to do is this. Let me just make this very clear. Pull this on out, and you're going to fill out this form. If you're here in person, you're going to tear off this portion, this little flap here, and tear that off and drop it in the box before you leave. Here's the reason why you don't take this home, the whole packet home, and don't tear this off and leave it with us. Um, it, because we want your information and ways to be able to, and how you're going to be able to sponsor that child. Is This is the only packet for Elias, who uh, turns eight this year. Um, this is it. There's not like Elias in this packet in 100 churches in America. This is the only one. If you take this and you don't fill it out and you just take it home, it will take months for Elias to get actually back into the system so that a single packet can be made an opportunity for someone to sponsor Elias. And so this is why it's important that if you uh, take a, a packet or you get a packet, sponsor that child, okay? And so... Um, those will be available as you walk out the door here. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on out here, and they're just going to lead us in a song. And um, as they sing, I think there's just stuff that God a lot of times wants to do, especially in our heart when it comes to finances. It's, a lot of, uh, it's usually in the area of trust. And um, I don't know how the Lord's going to be leading you right now. Maybe it's a, it's. Just to, it might be to sponsor a child or sponsor two or three or four. I don't know what your, the means or what the Lord's calling you into today. But I, I want you to just deal with this area of, do I really trust the Lord? Is, is he really a priority? Are my finances just so overloaded that I don't have my priorities right in that area? And just, I want to get that right I also want to just pray, kind of a, I know this is kind of bizarre, a little curveball in here, kind of the miracle prayer over some of you. Because I think there's some of you who have a, such a financial, uh, overwhelming situation that you're in the middle of. You literally need kind of a God, God's hand to just touch your financial situation. I actually want to pray for that as well. Because I, I just think, man, our God is a God of miracles. <laughs> It'd be silly for us to bypass this opportunity to say God would just work miraculously in some of our financial situations. And so we just uh, bow your heads with me and let's pray. And then the worship team will lead us in song and then there's opportunity to sponsor kids afterward if you want to. Jesus. I want to know you more. And I know the journey to knowing you more and loving you more is actually a journey where I, I deal with my, I bring my finances before you and I say, God, let's sort that out. I just want to make sure they're aligned. I want to make sure my priorities are right in that area of my life. So, Lord, I think there's a lot of surrender that needs to happen in our lives and in our minds and our hearts right now in this area. I also just want to pray. There might be some that are just going, I'm in, I'm in such a crisis spot right now. I need the hand of God to work a miracle. And I just want to pray over those situations right now in Jesus' name.
You are a God of miracles. And when we get things in order and prioritize correctly, trusting you with our resources, you show up as the God of miracles all the time. So I just want to declare that over people who are wondering, God, are you going to show up? I've been trying to prioritize you. God, are you going to show up? I believe you're going to show up. You're going to show up in your perfect timing. You're going to be the miracle working God in the area of finances. You're going to release resources of heaven over businesses, over business decisions, over contracts and over deals, over purchases of homes and sales of homes, over financial deals that need to come together and need to be made. Lord, you can make that happen. But it all starts with getting their first priority right. It's priority number one of saying, God, do I trust you first with my first, my best, trusting it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. If you'd like to partner with Lakeland in helping people follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and commit their lives to the mission of Jesus, you can contribute to the mission by visiting lakeland.church forward slash give.